This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that will never get into trouble for kissing because we're too gosh darn ugly to be kissed by anybody, even our mums. Remember guys, no means no. Isn't that right, Spain and Mason Greenwood? Today uh, is just the two of us again. I am Faisal Merikan. I'm Nicholas John. Uh, Mifzal Malik is still not here. He has been loaned out to the horror podcast because, trust me, working with him is an absolute horror. <laughs> no, uh, he's still on leave. Hope you're having fun in Bali. Now, match day three of the Premier League happened at the weekend. And let's just say it's had its fair share of drama, as per usual. Uh, The biggest game was Liverpool's win over Newcastle. More specifically, Liverpool's 2-1 win over Newcastle, despite the Reds being a man down. Newcastle went up early, and then then, uh, Liverpool lost captain Virgil van Dijk to a straight red. Darwin Nunez came on as a late substitute to score the winning goals. It's Liverpool's second straight win despite having a man sent off. Maybe they should start games with just 10 men. Eh? Um, we'll get into Van Dyke's red card in a bit. But first, uh, Nick, I want to ask you about Nunez and his role as a super sub. Is that the best possible position for him now? It, it would appear so. Uh, I mean, look, these were his first league goals since April. So... If it takes starting him on the bench to help him find his scoring touch, then I I don't think anyone will be complaining. Uh, But the issue with Nunez is his consistency. Look, the quality is there. Uh, Otherwise, Liverpool wouldn't have signed him. Uh, But he struggled last season, didn't he? And, Mm -hmm. And it... It also doesn't help when you have more established strikers like uh, Salah and, and Bobby Firmino in the team. Uh, as we know, Bobby has left the club already, uh, already but Salah is still around and you have new additions like uh, Kodi Akpo, uh, Luis Diaz joining up front. So where does Nunes fit into all this? Uh, like you said, you know he, he may have to settle for that role as super sub but judging from his performance against Newcastle it, it might mm-hmm. just work for him you know the important thing is to to keep it up because as long as he's performing and is banging in the important goals he will have a place in the team it's just a, a, a matter of whether he can accept uh, not being a regular in the starting 11 or not yeah I mean he has uh, there have been some grumbles about him not starting but I see it as him being motivated you know once I get my minutes I'm going to prove myself. Exactly. Make, make the best of, of, you know, however few minutes the, you're given. Yeah, and let's face it, it's, a, it's going to be a long season. It's almost a, it's almost a year long. Yeah. And there will be starts. And let's see how much, of, how much chaos he'll bring when he starts. Huh? Hopefully the positive kind of chaos. Uh, as for Van Dyke. It's been confirmed he is facing an improper conduct probe. You see, he was given a straight red for a foul in Newcastle's Alexander Isak and um, was protesting the decision, did not uh, get off the pitch while the VAR review was underway. Um, There's been a lot of dodgy refereeing decisions against Liverpool, but this time, you know, I think the ref was correct. Um... Van Dyke was the last defender. He was deemed to have denied a clear goal-scoring opportunity, and that's the rules. It's it's a red. 
Yeah, that, that it, you're spot on with that. If you bring a player down as last man, you you will get your marching orders. Uh, I I don't think there was a question of whether it was a foul on uh, uh, Alexander Isaac or not. Uh, and and while you can argue that, you know, what what was it a deliberate foul or not? Maybe there is some question there. Uh, the fact is, Isaac would have been. You know, he would have had a clear path towards goal if he, if he wasn't brought down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the bigger issue, again, like you mentioned, is, is Van Dijk's reaction uh, to the sending off. You know, that could potentially earn him an additional ban. Uh, I don't know how severe his offence was. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how many matches, uh, he's, he's, how many more, more matches mm-hmm. is going to... Uh, be imposed on him uh, but you if you look at the fixtures Liverpool have upcoming games against Aston Villa Wolves mm. West Ham and Tottenham so all, all big games and uh, not the kind of match uh, you want to be mm. playing without your, your captain and your centre back Yeah, which just begs the question right what was going through his mind when he made the foul well, when he made the challenge, I mean, he already has a world-class keeper behind him. Well, you know, if you look at it, I don't think there was, like I said earlier, I don't think there was like a deliberate attempt uh, to bring the player down. Mm-hmm. I know, I think, I think he, he was a little bit clumsy. It was a little bit of a case of uh, maybe a bit of desperation, but I think more clumsiness more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, a lot of people who are unhappy with the decision will point to the fact that oh he he, he didn't you know he didn't take the man lie basically mm. you know he, he he it was not his intention to to take the man down but like we were saying earlier a foul is a foul he was the last man mm. and and the rules are quite clear on that yeah do you think it's part of the added pressure he has on the team now because he's the captain. Uh, previously, he was the uh, only the third captain, right? Uh, there was Hendo and Milner. Uh, maybe uh, being given that extra responsibility added some pressure to his decision-making. Yeah, that is a good point. And if that is the case, then it's potentially a problem moving forward as well, you know, because mm. uh, it's a huge responsibility being captain. Uh, and 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 one that someone like him will not take lightly. But you see, the the thing is with defenders, you're always, almost always, going to find yourself in that position where you are the last line of defense mm-hmm. before the keeper. You know, so it's it's something where you need to keep your wits about you. And if this pressure is going to get to him, then it could be a problem moving moving forward. Right, um, as you as you said, we don't know how uh, how many matches he'll be banned for because of the uh, red card and the reaction. Um, latest reports suggest it could be up to four games. Now, um, Liverpool weren't the only team to have had a comeback win. Manchester United also won three points against Nottingham Forest. United were 2-0 down after less than five minutes, uh, with United hitting back to beat them 3-2. Goal scorers were Eriksson, Casemiro and Fernandez. Uh, this one's a little interesting because in our last show, we spoke about A, how uh, Bruno Fernandes is not quite captain material mm-hmm. uh, and B, how United seem to crumble when the chips are down. Both appear to have proved us wrong here. Although mm-hmm. I, I think, although it could be a one-off. <laughs> yeah, look, look I, I think there is a caveat. This this was Forest, Nottingham mm-hmm. Forest. I mean, no disrespect to them, but it's easier to fight back from two goals down versus Forest than it is against, let's say, you know, Man City or Liverpool, right? Or Fulham, they're of, on a hot streak. Mm, right yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and and the thing about Fernandez in particular is that while he did put in an inspired performance, uh, and and he kind of you know roused the troops and all that, 
he he does not do this consistently enough and i think we've mentioned mentioned this before as well most other times he's mainly just moaning or complaining so i i think based on this match if you look at the team overall the signs are good uh, uh, so far they just need to keep this up for the long term mm-hmm. In other results, Man City made it three wins in three matches with a 2-1 win over Sheffield United. Arsenal dropped points for the first time this season. They drew 2-0 with Fulham. Tottenham beat Bournemouth 2-0. Chelsea claimed their first win of the campaign, 3-0 victory over Luton. Brentford and Crystal Palace drew one all. West Ham beat Brighton 3-1. Aston Villa 3-1 win over Burnley. Wolves had a 1-0 win over Everton who remain rock bottom. They're going down. <laughs> going down, down, down. What else has been happening this week? Man City's Erling Haaland won the PFA Men's Player of the Year award, scoring 52 goals in all competitions in his debut season and uh, helped City win the treble. Haaland uh, took the award ahead of teammates Kevin De Bruyne and John Stones as well as Arsenal's Bukayo Saka and Martin Odegaard as well as ex-Tottenham striker Harry Kane. It's still weird saying that. Mm. Um, As if there was any other choice, right? Who else but Haaland? Yeah, I think this had to be the easiest decision by the the selection panel. Uh, And I would have been massively surprised (laughs) if they had given it to anyone else. Uh, You know, I mean, you said it all. uh, 52 Uh, goals in all competitions in his debut season. And and he he went on to win the treble as well. This is as as clear-cut as clear-cut gets. No surprises, no complaints. Um, But I think what, what, what remains to be seen is whether this was a case of beginner's luck or if he can replicate his form from last season. So that's what everyone's going to be watching this time. Mm-hmm. From three matches so far, what do you think? Um, look, the thing about Harlan is that he's never like from the get-go. You know, he's, he, he like ebbs and flows. When he's, mm-hmm. he, he's got this spell where he's like banging in the goals like nobody's business and then he goes quiet for one or two games and then he bangs in the goals again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we give him a couple of games and then we'll, we'll properly evaluate how he's been doing. Meanwhile, Saka won the Young Player of the Year prize. A PFA Team of the Year right, was dominated by Arsenal and City players. Harry Kane and Newcastle's Kieran Trippier were the only non-City or Arsenal players in the list. Uh, Aston Villa's Rachel Daly won the PFA Women's Player of the Year prize. This weekend's big Premier League match is Arsenal at home against Manchester United. What's your hot take for this? Um, look, I'm I'm going to give the, the Gunners a slight advantage here, uh, especially since they'll be playing at home. Uh, I, honestly, I think neither Arsenal nor United have been overly impressive so far this mm. season. Uh, two wins and a draw for Arsenal, two wins and a defeat uh, for the Red Devils. Uh, but United have manpower issues in defence uh, to the point where they say now they may not end up selling uh, Harry Maguire this summer bad news uh, so so yeah that couple with the home advantage like I mentioned should see Arsenal through but uh, you get the feeling it's probably going to be a tight one so mm-hmm. perhaps a, a one goal margin yeah for me like you said uh, neither of them are f- actually firing on all cylinders yep. and I don't know I guess Either team would be happy if they come away with a point. Exactly. In other matches, Man City will host Fulham. Tottenham travel to Burnley. Newcastle are away at Brentford. Chelsea host Nottingham Forest. Let's hope that Liverpool don't lose any more players uh, when they host Aston Villa. Luton are at home to West Ham. Brentford face Bournemouth, Crystal Palace. 
take on Wolves And Everton's next defeat Will be away at Sheffield United <laughs> They're going down <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry Everton's next match Will be away at Sheffield United Let's be professional here, shall we? <laughs> That'll be a change <laughs> And surprisingly uh, This podcast has ended Without any of us going off the rails <laughs> With that, we've come to the end of yet another episode of the Potball Sportscast. Thanks for tuning in. Happy National Day, people. I'm Faisal American. And I'm Nicholas John. 